And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Myth Bits. You made an excellent choice. Welcome to the World of Myth Bits. We are your hosts, Jenna and Joe Sparks, and this is episode 115. 115. The World of Myth Bits. Right, so we only have a little bit of housekeeping this week, but it's good news. So, on that note, we have moved to build a new board of directors. Uh, So that means names are expected to be announced come February. So very excited about that and stay tuned. So, I know we've kind of been on this tirade of character development and everything and um I don't know why it just kind of seems like a a fun theme to jump into and play around with and I don't think anything that we're saying like it's not something that like isn't discussed or anything like that I just think it's fun to kind of give ourselves some food for thought so (laughs) a few days ago I had a migraine hangover And I was laying in bed and my thoughts were wacky, (laughs) kind of weird out there. Um, And I was, uh, I don't know, I wasn't thinking of the subject for our next podcast, but I thought of the next subject for a podcast. But all I did was text you, Joe. (laughs) And it was like three o'clock in the morning and I'm like, I just text him. Uh, podcast idea, what was it? Just trauma. And <laughs> fortunately, uh, as I don't recall what I was thinking, what I mean, like, I'm pretty sure I thought something really interesting, but I don't remember. But luckily, you kind of took it and ran with it. And I'm very glad I married you and you understand my brain and even in times when I don't. So... Uh, well, I ran with uh, the idea of writing trauma versus crisis. Um, so you have the two different subjects. Uh, you have traumatic experiences and then a crisis, which would be a decisive moment in a person's life. Um, according to Karen Onderko from IntegratedListening.com, trauma is the response to a deeply distressing or disturbing event that overwhelms the individual's ability to cope, causes feelings of hopelessness, diminishes their sense of self, and their ability to feel the full range of emotions and experiences. The difference here when you, I feel, when you write these characters is that when you have a traumatic experience versus a crisis, such as if you had um, had the film American Beauty, right? Technically, that's a crisis because they say that these characters have decisive moments. Who's to say, though, that his character didn't have these underlying traumatic events that happened? 
you know, beforehand um, to create this crisis situation, Um, which is the odd thing about our culture, right? So we have this odd thing about our culture where if somebody were to be of a certain age, um, they have certain, like, crisis uh, passages, right? So mm-hmm. you have the, what, what was it, the quarter, quarter life, life five, midlife. Midlife. Yeah. You're right. So, um, and it is looked down upon in a certain way, such as um, PTSD, depression, anxiety, disassociative disorders, mm-hmm. uh, and then this one, which is substance abuse problems. Yeah. Right? So when you have your characters and they are portrayed with substance abuse problems it's mostly because of this traumatic uh experience such as um reference uh sharp objects Mm. right or well sharp objects she really wasn't so much i mean a a substance abuser Mm -hmm. she wasn't a substance abuser even though she drank from here to time to time yeah she had a way about her which would have emotional signs, right? So emotional signs of trauma would be sadness, anger, denial, fear, shame, mm-hmm. right? Uh, which may lead to nightmares, insomnia, difficulty with relationships, and emotional outbursts. So if you remember her character... It was all of the above. It was all of the above, right? <laughs> yeah. So then they wrote her in this raw, real way... Like all Jillian Flynn characters. Right, because of how uh, her mother was and how she was brought up and then how her sister was going through this process and then she had to go and, you know. But, I mean, I think Jillian Flynn's a really great example of somebody who utilizes um, trauma and even crisis. Uh, Like the her book, uh, Dark Places, which is one of my favorites um it's kind of a an interesting i think narrative that maybe i don't know i'm gonna get your thoughts on it because okay so our main character uh has a traumatic past like brutally traumatic watched her well didn't watch but sort of watched her entire family her mother her sisters uh murdered and then she grows up she is screwed up, very unlikable character, the way Jillian Flynn kind of masters writing these characters who are very un- not stereotypical and does a beautiful job of it. Um, but she's profited off of this trauma. She's written books and all of this off of off of this trauma. And ultimately, I guess you could consider her crisis is that she's run out of money. She's run out of her savings. She has nothing to do. So she has to figure out a new way to profit off of her trauma, which is where the whole story kind of kicks into gear in her jumping back into this trauma and reliving it in so many ways. Um, And I don't think you read it. I don't even remember. Did you watch the movie Dark Places? Uh, I think so. Yeah. She was like wholeheartedly that was her definition yeah, so of there's, existence. So there's no cure for trauma, right? There's cure for crisis. I think that's what the whole 
deal with. That's interesting. There's cure for crisis, but there's no cure for trauma because crisis is in, indeed a decisive moment. And, and traumatic events, they're not really decided. Yeah. You know, uh, well. Um, so you have two different um, stress disorders for that so you would have asd which is acute stress disorder or ptsd which is post-trauma stress disorder right mm-hmm. so to pull that back to where i said you don't have the uh decision to create the traumatic experience think about certain decisions that you could make that could inflict trauma upon you well we've been watching like barry and uh, I don't want to give away any spoilers in case anybody is, is still catching up or hasn't watched it and wants to watch it. But, like, the, the main character, Barry, he obviously makes traumatizing choices pretty frequently. <laughs> so I think that's a really good example. You know, like, from the get-go, he, he makes these decisions. But then again, uh, at what point is it a decision... That he feels he has control over. Right. Because obviously if he makes a decision to... For anybody who doesn't know, Barry is a a TV show on uh, HBO starring Bill Hader about a hitman slash assassin who uh, goes to L.A. for a hit and he ultimately kind of falls in love with acting and theater performance. So he's going through a lot of uh, like psychological issues kind of trying to uh redefine his life outside of being a hitman or assassin it's a really dark comedy amazing writing uh, but uh what was i getting on about even though he's responsible for his actions he obviously does not feel that he's in control of his actions because it's everybody else around him who's making him do these things because he keeps trying to get away from it he keeps trying to get out of being an assassin, out of killing people, etc. But there's always some presence that's like, no, you have to do this or else. <laughs> and so, I don't know. It's hard to think of an example, though, where it's like somebody may feel that it's 100% their decision at that time to kind of trigger a traumatic point in their lives well here's what i like about if you were to create characters like that so if you have take for instance you have barry right so he's a war veteran who uh goes and finds his new passion of acting right so he's pretty much in art therapy which is one of the uh helpers into these traumatic experiences Mm -hmm. um and uh he, I'm pretty sure they're, I'm not quite sure though, because it is, because we're so fresh on there, onto the show, it, it, it's hard to say where they're going to be able to take him, mm-hmm. you know, and how it's going to end up, because the way, you know, I have to, I have to bring the spoiler up, but the way that they're portraying him now is he really likes killing, mm-hmm. you know, so that's kind of very interesting. And, and It and, gives him purpose. Yeah, so it gives, it's very interesting they even wrote him like that, yeah. uh, so, um, but, uh. There, uh, there's that movie Smashed, you know, with uh, 
Mary Elizabeth Winstead and um Aaron Paul. <laughs> and uh this 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 film, one of my particular favorites, uh portrays this female teacher uh and she is having an issue with substance abuse problems, which is an obvious, uh, I think I put it on there, a psychological disorder, right, of this trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, people who abuse substances and have, like, real issues with them is because of stuff that happened beforehand. Mm-hmm. And they haven't dealt with that to be able to... Um, yeah, and I think uh, to kind of make sure, I think we recognize also that, like, substance abuse and, like, uh, addiction issues are indeed hereditary but you put like a traumatic experience on top of it yeah and you're kind of like 10 times more screwed and yet everybody that i've known that have issues with substances have all had underlying issues yeah oh of course you know um that's just that's just how it rolls you know um but uh anywho in the film, they show how she wants to make this change on the crisis of having this substance abuse problem. But they portray her character and she moves forward and she goes through AA and she leaves the relationship. And then they also ended the movie in a very uh, very pleasant way that I think it was, it was made sense. Um, but... The deal was that why I brought why I bring this movie up is because you have the progression of the characters through their traumatic experiences, you know. Because um, if you have if you have these characters and they run through these stories, I mean, let's pose this question: If you had a traumatic experience and they never flushed it out until at the end of the whole journey, right? Where would that leave the character? Where would that leave the whole journey? You know, kind of like... Well, I think it's interesting because, yeah, when you think of most stories uh, and characters, the story tends to revolve around these traumatic experiences in some way or another, the the leftovers of it. Um, you know, you have countless... Like, I, going back to, like, Jillian Flynn, because top of my brain, uh, these characters their traumas are the focus of the story and how they cope with them. So as opposed to reality, which is that, you know, people you face day in and day out have their own set of traumas and they're just existing with them as we all are. Uh, And it's not like our stories, our lives are, 100% based on that trauma you know what I mean like it's just an accessory but a lot of times it's weird because a lot of times when you think of like how a character is written oh you know say this character was in a in a debilitating car accident 15 years ago that left them you know maybe uh seriously scarred with uh, some form of paralysis on a part of their body or something. Um, that becomes such a defining characteristic for that character as opposed to the reality where it's like, no, that's just that's just somebody, you know, who 
you may pass on any given day who is just living with with this trauma, but it's not their their sole existence. So I think that's kind of interesting. But uh, going back to to what I was kind of trying to get on about is if you were to use that like as a character um, uh, a characteristic, it would. I don't know, like, would it, would it feel like it's just slapped together? Would it feel um, authentic? Would it feel, you know? This is why I feel that the writers of Cobra Kai have really nailed. Because they have Johnny Lawrence, who was seemingly this uh, bad guy, right? The bad kid in the films. And then they have him kind of go through life, you know, and then he starts changing, mm-hmm. you know. So he had this trauma with his his stepfather, you know, and his uh, sensei. <laughs> his sensei for sure, you know. But that's why they were trying to create this 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 snowball because mm-hmm. then you have his sensei who had this other thing going on mm-hmm. right during Vietnam and stuff like that, and then uh, that's what created the whole uh, movement, you know. Yeah. And now there's another generation that is taking their issues and then it's kind of snowballing yeah, onto them. Their traumas. Right. So generational trauma. Right. So then yes. yeah, so they, they bring these these generational traumas together. So if you were to let's say you were to write a character right now, what is their Let's do trauma. What's their trauma first? And then uh, what they're doing now with it. Go. All right. Let's say uh, they had a perfect sibling. The one who did it all right. And they were killed. And uh, maybe they saw it happen. I don't know. Like just something. A very unpleasant death. And uh, affected rock to the family. And uh, nowadays, maybe they would be trying to uh, either either it would fall on, on either end of a spectrum, you know, based on uh, expectations, which would be either uh, this character is trying to live up to the life their deceased sibling could have had, should have had. You know, uh, this kind of perfect idea of of their life, or it could have rocked them and maybe kind of like twisted and turned this like nihilist kind of uh, rhetoric in their in their own head that like nothing matters. I'm just I'm not gonna ever be good enough or something like that. You know what I mean? Like go in the direction that they are uh, trying to outperform their uh dead sibling you know kind of trying to to live vicariously through the uh memory of what this person could have been so they're super successful or striving to be super successful because i think the uh expectant one would be that they uh don't know what they're doing so let's go with that one okay so what were they what was the sibling trying to do say uh 
Okay, so if you claim that your character is trying to live up to the sibling, mm-hmm. right? So what was the sibling's dreams? What were they trying to accomplish? Uh, let's see. Maybe they wanted to be a, a, some kind of entrepreneur. Say they wanted to open a... Bath soap. A what? Bath soap. Bath soap. Company. Bath soap. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's say they wanted to, to create like a cool, uh, like uh, Rose Apothecary type of store. So in that sense that then your other character is trying to open the store. Is that true? Yeah. Okay. So they're trying to open the store and yet they would not have any. <sighs> Did they have desire in soap? This is where I you, think that that's an interesting. This is where you can split it because say that your character didn't like soap, but they're still trying to accomplish this thing for their their sibling. Or maybe they only think they have a passion for soap because you know, of, because right. or you know if depending on what the parents' role is in this, you know, oh, so and so our our dead child would have absolutely loved. Uh, this this smell this lavender smell for for soap or, I don't know, uh, and so like depending on uh, the living child, uh, their reaction to that might be to subconsciously kind of implant that and make it to where they're going to live that that reality of okay so if my sibling would have loved this scent then I should love it. So the real trauma of the story is that not that your character is living the life that they're trying to hold up to for their sibling. The real trauma is that that character is not living up to their own potential due mm-hmm. to this this traumatic event that the sibling had died and now the parents are kind of pushing this other the memory. Yeah, this other memory yeah. onto the sibling. You know, and I think in that same regard, it's kind of interesting because I think for anybody who, this is, I don't know, this could maybe get me canceled for saying this, <laughs> but um, a lot of times we really uh, deify our dead in that um, maybe you knew somebody and you knew they weren't a great person and they die and their memory <laughs> is that they were amazing. You you only remember the good things, which I don't think is wrong or bad or anything because, you know, who who wants to think about really bad things with um characters who, you know, like like in our little scenario where the sibling has, you know, who who is really young. Let's, you know, the unfortunate reality, a really young person who uh, hasn't gotten to really experience or, or have uh, much life. They die and they're deified. So that deification of how amazing this person was, I think, would be the instigative <laughs> uh, trauma to uh, their surviving child. 
you know, and, and um, again, this is a, a not real scenario, but it, it's a realistic scenario. And like I said, how we kind of treat people and, and situations like that. Um, so, yeah. Um, before we traverse any further, I need to take this into account because this exact scenario that you play out right there and propose this idea is the exact, uh, the exact storyline to World's Greatest Dad. Mm. Remember 2009? Yeah. Uh, Bobcat Goldwaith? Goldwaith. 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 He, um... Let me just read the synopsis of the uh, film. It says here, when the son of high school English teacher Lance Clayton, played by Robin Williams, accidentally kills himself, Clayton writes a fake suicide note to evade scandal. At first uninterested in the death, the school is taken by the letter after it is published in the school paper. Hoping to claim the literary renown he has always wanted, Lance writes a diary, too. Fame and intrigue follow, and Lance receives the attention he always wished for, but finds keeping his cool might be easier written than done. <laughs> so, um, that, that's a clean little example if you guys want to uh, check that out if you haven't already. It's a classic. Mm-hmm. Um, one of Robert Williams' finest, actually, yeah. besides um, uh, Final Cut. Yeah. Right. Um, obviously, uh, uh, <laughs> one hour photo. One hour photo. Yes. <laughs> one hour photo, dude. <laughs> so let's put that in perspective. So your character is now living this way because of this thing that had happened, and they're now living this new traumatic experience. So this all ties into reality and 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 in life that we're living now is because you have this certain age point to where if you're not living the certain way they call it that midlife crisis right mm-hmm. so once or quarter you, life or quarter life once you hit that crisis point then you obviously need to make the change but because of this traumatic experience you are now making changes to help against this um crisis right because you can't cure the trauma that has already happened like but you can move forward, you know, um, such as, say your character wakes up one day, and um, even though that's not exact, see, that's kind of hard. When they write, when they write characters versus when the time process actually happens for people because yeah. it, 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 it's it more happens. so a year's like a yearly process. I think, I think that, but I think too, there's an evolution to trauma. You know, I think, you know, you deal with it one way at one point in your life and then, you know, it's just as you kind of learn more, uh, your opinions change. Um, you've educated yourself more. Um, and then that trauma kind of, uh, it's it's naturally evolved, right? Because you know, you're you're only going to be able to deal with it as you see fit at the mm-hmm. time. Um, I mean, you know, if you had a sibling that died, let's say they what was it, car crash? You said, yeah. Okay, so say they die in a car crash. There's no 
car crashes are hard because there's no okay and let's say they they uh were shot let's just say they they maybe were trying to stop a robbery right. in progress so now you have this, the spider-man the you know spider-man complex thing. okay right. uh <laughs> so now you have yeah so say they die in a car crash and car crashes are hard because they're accidents essentially right um when you write a character that has passed away in a car crash you have to remember to that um so when when you have characters dying car crashes it gets kind of hard to show the evolution of somebody who was really close to him yeah you know um such as in i think it was a uh, chemical hearts that's when her boyfriend had died in the car crash and you can see her development of her character after this said incident you know um so that film was actually about trauma mm-hmm. right so um so let's get back to your character so now they're trying to make the soap so what pushes them to be able to clarify their intent or do they just continue to push onto the soap for the rest of their life see it's 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 tricky because you know it's hard to kind of look at this from the outside looking in because uh unfortunately i kind of relate to this <laughs> so i'm like hmm um no. Well, I'm going to say that the most interesting and the stories that give people most hope is uh, that the character changes for the best. So the best type of stories have the endings that have the best hope. And that's, I think, when writers don't follow those guidelines it, people get kind of weirded out about the ending i mean you can take your pick over endings people got weirded out about game of thrones yeah <laughs> speaking of the last christmas game of thrones mm-hmm. right people got weirded out about um and there's just mountains mountains yeah. of movies you know and film you know and, and stories because this is all fiction we're talking about fiction mm-hmm I don't know if we've created that disclaimer beforehand, (laughs) but these are fictional characters we're talking about here, right? Even though, what's stranger than fiction, right? Mm -hmm. What is that? That's the only fork to make that that story interesting because imagine that. Imagine you had this story. Okay. Imagine you had this story where you had this character who had these traumatic events. Let's create a scene for it now. Well, really, really quick. I want to kind of jump in just really quick. Um, we watched uh, the Radium Girls. Radium Girls last night because I'm gearing up to write a review for the magazine. And I was like, this is where I want to start. And I don't want to give anything away. But it is based off of a true story. And trust me, I go into greater detail in the review. But... Where I think the story kind of, like, flounders is because it is a horrible, horrible, tragic story that leaves no room for a happy ending. 
you know, many of the the women, most most of the women who were affected did not have a, a good ending to their lives. I mean, there were some who were very lucky and weren't affected by radium poisoning um, as as severely as others. Don't get me wrong. And these women lived the best they could to the best of their physical and mental abilities. But it's not a happy story. It's it's a really messed up, sad story. And so this film tried to give us some kind of like it wasn't it tried to give us a positive ending, not necessarily a happy ending, because, again, there's no way to get a happy ending out of this. But they tr- it, the, the writers tried. And so it like it hit very weird because you want to see, oh, there's a cure for radium poisoning. You know, there's uh, some semblance of, of goodness for these these women who were murdered by their place of work. Um, but there's, you know, there's not. And so I think that's kind of what you're talking about, where it's like you want to man you we the audience want to manifest a positive ending. But the minute that doesn't happen, it's like a little mentally uh, wounding almost because it's like, well, wait, <laughs> no, I wanted something good to come out of this. Exactly. That is that, that that's precisely the point I was making. So say you were to write this character and they, let's say they, <laughs> see if this sounds familiar. Let's say they created that soap shop, right? Say they created a soap shop. It did okay. Not, not too extravagant, but it did okay so to where they could, uh, live their life to where they maybe let's say popped out a couple youngins, or had a couple youngins either way, um, and then they lived their life accordingly, and they passed away late ages. End of story. Fade to black. Mm-hmm. How's that sound? Yeah, of course, it's an ideal happy story. I think we'd all be eager to have a life like that you know so you're gonna agree that it would be a good life for them even though what if your character had this other undying passion that they never were able to fulfill then that's a little bit different you know because um but is it yeah but no this is your story so do they have an underlying passion or did they just do the soap thing because they thought that it would be a good deal. But see, there's, I mean, it's that comes into more character development because for some people, um, you know, like, okay, Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith tells the story of his dad who was um, a postal worker. And it was just, it was just his job. Like, where his life thrived was his family and just living a decent life. So, you know, that's where that character development kind of comes in with with our story. (laughs) Is our character somebody who doesn't put all of their stock in their career? They just put it in, well, you know what, this is uh, the feasibility, this is a way I can keep my my sibling's memory alive and well. Um, And while I'm able to do that, I can focus on... uh, just living a, a happy life with my family. 
if that's what they want. So that's kind of where, again, you need to, we need to clarify so many more factors about our character. Because otherwise, we're just using trauma to write this character. And that's not fair. And that's a big problem we see all the time in uh, any kind of media, in in uh, fiction, in on TV and film, whatever, where you know you use trauma to forward storylines. Kind of how we started this entire episode. Trigger warning. Look at how they utilized Sansa Stark. The minute she was assaulted, that's how they used her character. Was and she <laughs> in the show they even used the line she's like I don't know who I'd be if I if that hadn't happened to me that's not the reality for most assault survivors you know it's when you use a trauma to navigate your character's life cuz that's not reality so don't remember where we started. Crap. But that's the point of that because that's a fictional universe. Yeah. Right? So it's not reality. It's not real for other people's lives. Are you writing these characters because you want to see what would happen from such an event? Or are you writing these characters because they're more so relating to the, the event? I don't think that they had um, written Sansa in, in the weak manner. You know? No, of course not. Um, they... they Pretty much clearly wrote that because of um, uh, to show the power. Yeah. Because if I remember correctly, it was Ramsey Bolton, right? Mm -hmm. That uh, uh, violated her. Mm -hmm. And also, um, he violated um, Theon Greyjoy. And you remember how he acted after this whole uh, event. Right, mm-hmm. so imagine they took Sansa and <laughs> wrote her character in the same way. There would be a lot more hate than just the ending at that. Point. Yeah, you. Let's jump off. Then. Yeah, because uh, Game of Thrones. I think that would be kind of fun. What if we just did like a whole series where we just like I don't know, like not just Game of Thrones because Game of Thrones is so big and vast, but like. To to analyze a character that deep mm. is in in a matter of minutes is impossible. But that so. that 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 is the whole point of this uh, writing the characters uh, through trauma versus crisis because you need to have such layers and depth to the characters that I feel that is what's going to help navigate. You have to put this forward, and you I, I don't I don't feel personally that if you had a character who Let's bring it back to Kevin Smith's pops like you were talking about. Mm -hmm. So here's the real deal. You can really tell of a character's intent because this is the name of the game. Intent, right? You can really tell the purity of the character's intent by seeing how their children turned out. Yeah. Right? So because his pops had this true intent, we have Kevin Smith. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Because if they, your character doesn't have the true intent, well, yeah. So to say, if your character didn't actually 
want to do the soap thing, it's going to reflect at the end of the story. Yeah. You know, um, everything is going to reflect if you don't uh, stay true to the intent, I feel. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and on a really personal note, like, it's interesting because I know we're talking about, like, fictional characters, but it's funny because, um, like, I realized as we're going through that, like, I'm writing myself on a total accident. Because um, my grandpa died. He died when I was um, in my late teens. I really, I had a relationship with him when I was young. And then he had some personal things and uh wasn't a big part of our lives for for a lot of a lot of time um and I hate that because he was an artist he was a photographer he was I mean like he knew all of these things that I wasn't aware of when I was a teenager and, and got to spend some time with him and so um you know like I I regularly think about what our relationship could have been had he not died and um unfortunately but also fortunately a lot of what I do now I kind of put it through this lens of how would he have done it you know because again he was an artist he was a photographer he had dove into all of these worlds and mediums that like I'm actively pursuing and I'm not actively pursuing them because of him but there's also something about the memory of him that kind of pushes me like uh you know if 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 he were still alive would you know and I don't want to be like would he be proud of me but it's like what would our relationship look like you know like now but then there's also that question of would I have pursued these mediums being an artist being a creator had I not lost him which I think I would but there's no telling um so again like you know basing my real life trauma it wasn't trauma, but, you know, something that was traumatic for me. Um, it's it's so big. And I guess that's kind of what we really wanted to Joe, what you really wanted to get to was the causation and how we can kind of flesh characters out and give them a fully lived in life and everybody in some way or another has experienced a trauma and or crisis no matter how big or how small and we're talking I think really superficially you know, very um plainly about the subject of trauma and crisis because of course there's I mean, uh, uh, marginalized traumas. There's traumas with being a black person or a member of the LGBTQ community. There's traumas associated with being um, a woman, traumas associated with being, you name it, you know, an immigrant. It's things that are kind of pr 
predestined, unfortunately, because of our wonderful world. Um, But when you're talking about, like, I guess, isolated incidents, you know, traumas, that's where it gets a little bit more comprehensible to dissect. I feel that holds true, too, you know, um, because in the case of your grandfather, you can actually write or rewrite history as you see fit or the future as you see fit, mm-hmm. you know, um, and you can whip these ideas and characters in any which way form you want and how you feel that they would progress, you know, how you feel that they should progress. And, and, and to, to say that if you had your character who owned the soap shop and they feel good about the whole thing at the end of the journey and their intent is pure of the soap and it shows through everything through the story, then that's the job well done. Yeah. Right? And you'll be able to tell. All right. If you haven't had enough of us yet, you can always visit us at theworldofmyth.com. On Facebook or Twitter at the World of Myth Bits podcast and the World of Myth magazine, and also on Instagram at the World of Myth Bits. Thanks for listening. Until next time. The world of myth bitch.